Come Holy Spirit, Lord, give you permission to do what you desire. Make our minds, hearts, and souls fertile soil, that your word may bear great fruit in our life. Illuminate the scriptures for us. Convict and console our hearts. Speak, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. You are the salt of the earth, and you are the light of the world. Something that we have heard a lot. It's a, a common gospel passage. And we can understand this on the, the, the simplest, simplest level what the Lord is speaking about. That we are his disciples, right? And like salt has a particular taste and it seasons food. So that how we live our life of discipleship should have a certain seasoning, right? A certain flavor to our life that we're moving in the world. The same thing with light. That light illumines the darkness. And so how we live our life in communion with Christ, right, either shines brightly or dimly the light of Jesus in the world. And then this is true, and this sometimes the simplest is the most important thing to understand. But I want to just dig a little bit deeper in terms of the context of what Jesus is saying and hopefully give us a little bit of a richer understanding of this. So Jesus, right now, we're going through during the Sundays the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount is like Jesus in Matthew's gospel here just saying, okay, as he's standing as the new Moses. Moses was the one who, who knew God closely in the Old Testament, received the law from him, proclaimed the law to the Israelites, and was saying, okay, through this, living of this law, right, they were brought into covenant relationship with God. And that the other people will know who our God is by the way that we live. As Moses is communicating, as he's communicating God's law, bringing them into a covenant relationship with him. And through that, the other nations would know who they are and who their God is. So Jesus is coming now as the fulfillment of, he is the new Moses. And he's the fulfillment of the old covenant. So he's proclaiming the new law which is taking what was given before and deepening it and bringing it to another level. So one of the things that is happening, right, is, is an invitation to an even closer relationship with the Lord. Something that the Israelites longed for was a closer relationship with the Lord. Do you, do I, long for this closer relationship with the Lord. So then if we do, we should be paying attention in the last week, this week, and in the coming weeks as Jesus is proclaiming some of the fundamental truths of this new covenant and relationship with him. That God wants to not only, right, like tell us how to live, but to live his life in us. I mean, this is, this is something that we have to grasp and understand. The Lord wants to live his life in us, share his divine life with us. So again, salt, we kind of go a little bit deeper level here. How was salt used in the Old Testament? When Leviticus 
the Lord told the priest, right? He told him, he said, okay, every time you offer a sacrifice, a cereal offering, or an offering, a sacrifice of an animal, it is, salt is to be added to it. He says this, with all your offerings, you shall offer salt. So everything they're bringing to be sacrificed to God, to, to withhold the covenant, to offer sacrifices for their own sin, to be in relationship with God, is that you season it with salt. And the salt was a sense of purification and a seasoning of it. And so what we have now, the, the Lord is saying, okay, you are the salt of the earth. The Jewish people who are hearing this would be like, wait, wait, us? We know how salt is used. Salt is placed on what is to be sacrificed. Salt is placed on what is to be given over to the Lord. And so he's saying, yes, you are to be the ones who are giving yourself over to the Lord. Christ himself becomes the lamb who is slain. Right? He is both priest and sacrifice. We read in the letter to the Hebrews this, and if you've been paying attention in the daily readings, we just read through this maybe last week or the week prior. Sacrifices and offerings, holocaust and sin offerings, you neither desired nor delighted in. That's a pretty strong statement to say because the Lord actually did. He claimed this, like, this is what I want. But then now he's saying, now we're going to the next level. This is only a preparation for what is to come. It says, these are offered according to the law, meaning the old covenant. Then he says, behold, I come to do your will. He takes away the first, which is the external offerings, right? The animals, the cereal offerings. He takes away the first to establish the second. What is the second? Jesus himself. Sacrifice and sin offerings you ask not, but a body you prepared for me, Jesus says. A body you prepared for me. So here I am, I come to do your will. Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. I I don't, Lord, if I could not drink this cup, if I could not drink this cup, but I come to do your will. So Jesus becomes himself the the sacrifice. He is offered in this way. And so as Christians, when Jesus is telling us, you are the salt of the earth, this is the beginning of his ministry. He's preparing them to understand that as members of his body, we are to be united with him. That what the Lord is asking from us is not to go slaughter some goats or to lay out, right, some bread and wine, which they offered in the Old Testament as well. He says, what I want from you is you to obey me. And this is not like a servile obedience, but it's actually an invitation into a loving, intimate relationship with him. Like if you want what your heart really desires, Jesus just came from blessed are those, right? Blessed, what is this blessedness of communion with God? This depth of happiness that is beyond just human contentment or emotion. If you were at the evening masses last week, I mentioned this amazing quote from St. John Paul II from Veritati Splendor. He says this, the Beatitudes are a sort of self-portrait of Christ and invitations to discipleship and communion of life with him. 
He's basically saying, you want to know who I am? I am the man of the Beatitudes. This is me. And if you want to follow me, you want to share my life, and actually if you want to experience the communion and blessedness and the happiness and the depths of the soul that I experience with the Father, this is the way. And so as he's proclaiming the Beatitudes, then the rest of the Sermon on the Mount is flowing from that. So he's saying that you are called to be the salt. You are the one to offer your life, right? And that's hard for us sometimes. We have our fallen human nature. We have the temptations of the world. The Lord's presenting the law. And if, if we pay attention to the weeks coming, just spoiler alert, he doesn't make it easier than Moses. Right? He makes it harder. You've heard me joke before. It's like they start asking him questions about, Lord, Moses said this, what do you say? Moses said this, what do you this say? And it's coming. And I, and I always joke, I would like, if I was there, I'd be like, stop asking him questions. You're making it harder, you know. But with the Lord, as, he's, as he is, he's saying, in the beginning, this was the call. This is the life of real happiness. This is the life of real communion. And it's difficult for us at times because of our fallen human nature. But when we can offer ourselves on the altar of sacrifice, when we can offer our wills to him, Lord, I desire this. Lord, I want this. But I trust you then there is a shared life. There is a dying to self. And Jesus says, unless the grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a grain of wheat. But if it falls to the ground and dies, it bears much fruit. To be the salt of the earth is to offer ourselves, our will specifically, in obedience to God as he calls us to live, that we might be drawn into communion with him. And then we become a pleasing sacrifice that actually sanctifies the world. Then the light. Again, light illuminates darkness. But Jesus is speaking this with a particular, again, Jewish mind in a Jewish context. They would have immediately been thinking of the, uh, the, the Feast of Tabernacles. This is amazing. This is one thing I wish I could go back in history and experience. You had the temple. And outside the temple were these huge lampstands. And in the temple, these lampstands. And they would just be lit up for eight days straight, eight days and eight nights straight. The Feast of the Tabernacles just illuminating. And actually they say it would light up all of Jerusalem. But even in the dark of the night, there was so much light coming from these lampstands that it would illuminate the darkness and that people traveling from afar would know there is Jerusalem, a city on the hill, a lamp, laid out to illuminate the path towards God. The Lord in the Old Testament told the Israelites, I am choosing you, right? You might think, well, gosh, like, why didn't he choose everybody else? Why is he just choosing them? But he says, I'm choosing you to be in relationship with me, to be a light to the nations. That I actually want everyone to be in relationship with me. And I'm calling you to bear the light of the truth of relationship with me so that everyone else may see it and go, yes, that is the way. That is the way. Who is their God? I want to know him. And I want to serve him. And I want to follow him. 
So when Jesus is proclaiming, you are the light of the world, and the light and lamp is not like to be put under a bushel basket that he's saying. I mean, you put it under and it goes out. And then we cannot actually be a light to the nations. So as the Lord is inviting us, again, we're going to be paying attention to the Sermon on the Mount all the way through. He's giving us this new law, and he's calling us higher to a deeper relationship with him and to a greater life uh, of, of sanctity, which is beautiful, and the way to true happiness. And so how do we live this? How do we become salt, and how do we become light? Sacrifice and offerings you wish to not, but a body, Lord, a life you have prepared for me. So here I am, I come to do your will, to be salt and to be light is to obey the Father. What is the fundamental thing that we need to obey the Father in? The scriptures tell us to do the will of God is to believe in the one that he sent. To believe in the one that he sent. Which doesn't mean, which some Christians can understand to mean, well, like, great, I just believe in Jesus and everything is okay. Well, if you read the Gospels, uh, the Gospels will tell you and the Lord himself will tell you that is not right. There's only a small portion of it. It's key, it's fundamental to believe, but also then to live. Here I am, I come to do your will, to obey everything the Lord has taught, all of it, the moral teachings. Again, we're gonna be hearing them about marriage and about anger and about forgiveness, all these hard, difficult things we're gonna be hearing the Lord is calling us to, but also again, the service of our brothers and sisters, what we heard in the first reading, and here, that they may see your good deeds, just so your light may shine before others, that they see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. That the way we live, how we serve the poor, the corporal and spiritual works of mercy are not optional in the Christian life. Evangelization, not optional in the Christian life. The moral teachings of Christ are not optional in the Christian life. They are fundamental, fundamental to believing in Him and living our life in communion. And when we do this, brothers and sisters, truly we are salt and truly we are light. And it may happen that Jesus said last week, we'll be persecuted, we'll be misunderstood, Yes, but then he says, blessed are you. Blessed are you. Because we are sharing his own life. So the question for us today is, do we, do we believe him? Do we believe him enough to say, Lord, my whole life is yours. And how I live every aspect of my life is yours every aspect one little side note just because this is where we are in the calendar year right we're in the mardi gras season great awesome i love to party it's fantastic but remember party like we're catholic right we mardi gras like we're catholic mardi gras is never an excuse for sin never right it's not let us rejoice in all the beautiful things that the Lord has given, but it is never an excuse for sin. And all the ways, like, let's teach people how to celebrate. Let's teach them how to celebrate. And then they will say, yes, 
That is what I want. Because this other celebration ends in emptiness. But the celebration of Christ ends in real joy and communion with him. Brothers and sisters, you are the salt. You are the light. I am the salt. I am the light. If the salt and the light loses its taste, if it loses its light, then the world cannot know the Lord. Let us recommit ourselves today again to offering our lives as a pleasing sacrifice to him, reliant upon his grace, reliant upon his mercy, that we may say with Jesus, here I am, Father, here I am. I come to do your will. And then our light will shine before others that they may see our good deeds, that they may see our life and give glory to our heavenly Father. Thank you for listening. The ministry here at Christ the King is made possible through our generous donors and golden givers. If you would like to learn more or partner with Christ the King on LSU's campus, please visit ctklsu.org.